Hello and welcome, folks, to the Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. Uh, we meet here each week to discuss purple, discuss the purple and what goes on. It's a big week this week. I'm joined, as per usual, by uh, I'm Joe Oberly from Purple PTSD and uh, Vikings Territory, and I'm joined with Mark Craig, NFL writer, uh, NFL insider, Vikings writer from the Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. And as I was saying, it was a big week this past week because the past weekend the, the NFL draft took place and all the world shuts down because the NFL has their draft. Mark, could you believe all the people in Kansas City that were that showed up for that thing? I mean, it was a sea of people sitting outside to watch them, you know, say somebody's name. The only question I have when I see that, you know, going back to – uh, when they took it to Philadelphia, that's when that, that's when you knew that it was going to start traveling all over the place. And, yep, uh, it'll be here eventually. Um, we'll all be probably probably be snowing that day. <laughs> um, but my question is, okay, they do the aerial and they and everyone's drinking beer, okay. Now you know, having drank having drank a few beers in my life, I can't imagine being right in the middle of that thing. And um, where do they go to the bathroom, Joe? Where do they go to the bathroom? That's a, I don't care who's taking who. I want to know what the guy, the drunk in the middle, is doing for the for to use the restroom. Wow, that's that's your concern. You really are old, Mark. Yeah, uh, that's <laughs> yes, yes. Because I'm, I'm I, that used to come whenever I used to go on uh, uh, trick or treating. I, I would be like, uh, <laughs> when you had the wagon and you had the you know, had a beer, you're like, uh oh, I go to the restroom. Uh, so. Uh, that, that's how we're leading off our draft coverage, Joe. Wow. Here we go. Yeah. So wh- where do you relieve yourself? I guess that's what most Vikings are looking to do, find relief at the end of each season. But they were looking for some hope uh, this weekend. and Everyone you know, has hope this time. Absolutely. Did you, you know, before we get into specifics of the players they took, what – what did you think of the draft in general? I mean, did you think the Vikings did okay? I mean, they, they went from five, six to p- six picks. Um, they did some trading like we thought they would. Um, they kept the first pick. You know, in general, uh, did they fill some holes and get some decent players, or did they quasi fall on his face in year two? Well, you know, I think every team fills their hole, fills the holes. I mean, uh, I was reading – I stopped reading the draft reviews because – I don't know that there's any, I mean, of course I stopped, so I, I didn't continue to read, but um, does anybody criticize the draft anymore? I, I, there was one on, of course, NFL.com. They're not going to criticize too heavily, but there were 17 A's given out, uh, 14 B's given out. And the only, the only thing that wasn't an A or a B was uh, Detroit got a C plus. Now Detroit will probably end up with the best draft of everybody, but who knows? Uh, but no, I, you know, they filled, they, you know, they filled holes. Obviously, they, they, I, you know, they needed a receiver. I thought, I thought receiver is probably uh, as important as the cornerback. But obviously, by taking the receiver, they, they missed on like about ten corners in there. But by the time they got one, yeah, um, you know, it's it's hard. It's got to be hard for Vikings fans to sit there in the second round and and do nothing. But you know, you got to say, hey, you know, T.J. Hawkinson for a second round pick looks pretty good to me. Um, so. I like the receiver, you know, the fact that he's 173 pounds. I, if, if he's fast and he can separate, that's, I don't care. I mean, Marvin Harrison was 170 pounds. It, it probably dripping wet. So, 
and then the corners, they got two corners there. They're, they're press corners. Uh, one of uh, the ward Jay can play, uh, you know, some safety, some nickel. So, yeah, they filled some holes, but I, it's, it's going to be hard, hard to tell. Well, I guess with all those good grades, it must have been a really deep draft, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, <clears throat> the Vikings had uh, some uh, player availability this week. Um, yeah, the uh, media got to go out to the to TCO and, and talk to some of the players. And, and everybody wanted to talk to Kirk, you know, Kirk Cousins, the quarterback. Of course, that's always the case. And, uh, you know, certainly because they, as we'll find out, as we'll talk about in a bit, they did take a quarterback in this draft. But uh, uh, Kirk has didn't get the extension he was looking for, and so they wanted to talk to him about that. And, you know, I, I watched the, the playback of it this morning, and I was kind of impressed at how he handled some of this. You know, I've, I used to spend some time out there while Kirk was quarterback, and he always, he's very good at handling the media. He's very smooth. He's very articulate. He, I, I think, you know, for a guy who gets a lot of criticism, a lot of love, and a lot of hate, uh, he seems to always handle it all very well in front of the media. But I, I thought some of the things he said about uh, the prove it year they put him on, I thought it was pretty interesting. Mark, what was your take when, when you uh, took that in? Yeah. I mean, I was out there, I had to write for today's paper. So I had the first question, because a lot of times if you, if you sit back and you wait, you kind of, uh, you let the fl more flowery ones get in there. They, it can, <laughs> you don't know how much time you have. So we, 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 uh, you know, and Kevin Siever did a great job uh, framing questions too about yeah, the contract. Yeah, he did. He did. Uh, you know that sort of repeated what I did, but Kirk gave a really good answer to his. Uh, I was impressed as well. It wasn't a, you know, you say Kirk is smooth. Sometimes Kirk is smooth in a way that's almost over polished or it's too yes. political or it's. Uh, this was just Kirk uh, uh, saying it in a way that I feel was uh, was impressive because it, it's like it makes sense. Uh, you know, he said he goes, you know, this is. Everything he's going through right now, uh, you know, he's been through it. Uh, this would be the fourth time in the NFL. He, he talked about it going through it, coming out of Michigan State, you know, being a fourth-round pick or whatever it was. Uh, but he goes, you know, hey, the Holland Sentinel when I was a senior in high school. I couldn't was, believe was, that. <laughs> was asking me, you know, you know, how do you go into Because he was, a, you know, he was obviously a great player in high school, yep. but he didn't have any scholarships. Uh, so he, he brought that up story. I, you know, whether that happened, maybe it did, maybe it didn't. It depends on how – we have to research whether the Holland Sentinel really covers the high schools as closely as Kirk is saying. Um, but he's right. You know, it's, and Kirk is, you know, love him or hate him has always bet on himself in these types of years. And he's yeah. always found a way to fall on, on a huge stack of money. So, you know, and I, I think it's genuine. I don't think he wouldn't be, you know, he wouldn't be there uh, on, on May 2nd or May 3rd. Uh, if this was a big contract issue for him and for the mm -hmm. team. Uh, so you know, I like his approach to it and I like the team's approach to it too. It's like, you have a great year. Uh, you go far in the playoffs. Uh, you know, I don't think Kirk's going to take this and go, well, I'm going to, I'm going to take this. And I'm going to go play for the Buccaneers next year. You know, he plays well. The Vikings are happy. They work out a deal and he, he, it's like sort of like a poor man's, I shouldn't say a poor man's Rogers because Kirk's getting a lot of money, but you know, this was, you know, when the Packers, you know, got their guy, uh, ready to turn it over and then they, you know, Rogers won an MVP. So they gave him more money and he right. won another MVP. And then, so finally he played his way out of, or uh, complained his way out of, or moped his way out of green Bay. But uh, this could be a win-win for the Vikings. 
Um, and, and, you know, he, he turns 35 in August. So you have to have a plan in place. Uh, you know, their fifth round pick is not the future of that, the position, but uh, they certainly, uh, by not only not extending his contract, but also seriously looking at trading up for a quarterback, you know, the future's coming. It's just a matter of how, how soon. That's, that's what I was my first impression of that in the draft, you know, where, where, when they didn't trade up, you know, they probably maybe looked to, they certainly looked to trade back since they used up their entire time when they were picking their first pick. So when they didn't trade up to get a quarterback, I thought, okay, we are going to get Kirk. Obviously this year he's under contract. We're going to get him next year at the very least uh, where, you know, they're going to probably do a, a prove it and then they'll extend him another, maybe a year by year. And I, I don't know if that'll be good, bad. It doesn't seem to bother Kirk. That's what I was most impressed with. He's, he says that's the way the NFL is, that you have to go out there and prove it. He goes, he goes, I, I thought it was interesting where he said that it's the norm is his situation. The abnormal would be where you're just locked in for, for years down, you know, you got a five, six, seven, eight year, not that many, but a longer contract because most of the guys are like this and you play with a little bit more of an edge. You play that you got to prove it. It's probably a good way to go for the team. And I like, Kirk's attitude about it doesn't bother him. He knows he's got to go. Off yeah, there. right. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It, it kind of, kind of, uh, maybe went a little too far when he said, "I feel like one of the guys." You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're if you're the backup cornerback and you're like, you know, I don't, you know, you, you don't know what's going to happen in three months because you might be out of the NFL in three months. So, uh, you know, Kirk is uh, what Kirk's got going for him is he's experienced both sides and. Every time he's gambled on himself, he's come out on top when it comes to, you know, he, he was franchise tagged twice, which being franchise franchise tagged as a quarterback, you know, you're not going to have to cut food stamps right. uh, or collect food stamps to live. Uh, and then he got the first ever uh, multi-year guaranteed contract, which, you know, now when numbers are being thrown around and that wasn't all that long ago, it was only, it was only <laughs> three years and $84 million. Uh, that at one point was enough to get Kirk for at least five minutes to be the highest paid player average wise per year. You know, now uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, you know, uh, gets the 250 million guaranteed, you know, hadn't played in two years. Right. And then Lamar Jackson, you know, rightfully so because Lamar Jackson ended up getting what he wanted. Uh, wait, not all, not all of it was guaranteed, but 185 of it was guaranteed. Anybody's now Lamar Jackson. So yeah, what Kirk got back then is looks pretty, well, pretty pretty darn good right now. Anybody that's complaining about that still is not paying attention to what's going on, you know, because it, it's it's so escalated from when he he got his first contract. But anyway, a uh, couple more things on that. Two things he said I, I I wanted to get your take on. First, he said they asked him about him saying uh, he wants to be in Minnesota, you know, and he reiterated that, which was nice. So and this doesn't bother, you know, that. That fact, couple of fact that they didn't extend him is is kind of interesting. I'm, my hats off to Kurt for not for not whining about that. Thing two was, uh, uh, oh, they uh, God, I, I already forgot it. They asked him about oh, you know, the whole deal with him for the first time in how many years he's got the same voice coming back in his helmet, you know, to call plays. You know, he's got the, you know, uh, Kevin O'Connell's going to be talking to him. He's, he's working with the offensive coordinator with continuity for the first time in in most of his career. And I think that's, you know, I, I personally 
don't think that gets enough credence when when you're talking and assessing Kirk and and how he's led this team and what he's done. I mean, he always there's always plenty of people criticizing him for the results, and he just said, yeah, it's all about winning as a quarterback. And uh, here's a news flash: he won 13 times last year, but. You know, that's got to be uh, something you have to rise above me. That's your job. Yeah. But, you know, for other people, I think it would be an excuse for him. It's just standard operating procedure. And once again, I'll say good on you, Kirk, for, for dealing with it and taking it, taking that each, each year. So maybe you'll get some continuity this year. It'll be good. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's not only continuity, but it's, it's who it is. I mean, if, if he was in year three of Clint Kubiak, uh, I don't think he'd be as you know happy about it. I, I think he found the right, he found the right, you know, let's just say what it is. I mean, he, he didn't like Zimmer and Zimmer didn't like him. Uh, not that in, in Zimmer, I know they had their weekly powwows, but I, you know, that was probably, yeah. Uh, I can't imagine that that was very productive. And when it was brought up, it was like, yeah, you know, I think more was made of it. Like, yeah, this is going to, you know, that, you know, this is all, this is, this is a good, I don't think it mean, meant anything. Um, you know, and, uh, but with O'Connell, uh, it's, it's, you know, with, it's the same head coach, same play caller. That is so important because, you know, even when the Vikings did well, you know, the offensive coordinator twice on Kirk got a job, head coaching job somewhere else. Right. You know, with the, with the, um, you know, and I, I'm not one of these that says every new head coach should be an offensive guy because there's still like there's defensive coaches that, Know, deserve to be head coaches it's because that's in their nature like my like a Mike Tomlin um yeah. you know he happens to be a defensive guy but I think it, it does make things easier when it the head coach is an offensive guy and he calls the plays and you have that union because if they do well if the head coach does extremely well you know uh, unless it's Sean McVay you know, threatening to go to the TV booth or just take a year off or whatever uh, that guy's coming back. You know, if the quarterback's young enough, he's coming back. So that's a good thing to have. And I, I do think that this, this is a, you know, he did win. He won 13 games, but it's, it's that, you know, the ending was, uh, and this is not all Kirk's fault, obviously, but the ending was kind of like, yeah, but I mean, Kirk yeah. might be the champ Kirk and the Vikings actually might be the, the leaders in the clubhouse or of, yeah, but it's always, <laughs> yeah, the Vikings did. The Vikings won the division, but you know, Blair Walsh misses a field goal. The Vikings were 15 and one. Yeah. But so they need to get past the yeah, buts. And then, and uh, maybe the two of them can, can do that. Yeah. I'm waiting for him to, so it turns into, yeah, yeah, they did this and they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but yeah. And so I'm with you. Yeah, they are. They are. Yeah. And, and yeah. But organization. Um, Anyway, my I, I I I'd rather have hungry Kirk than complacent Kirk. And when he got a guaranteed contract for millions and millions of dollars, it would be easy to get complacent. I, I think this is a good thing for the Vikings, even though I don't want to lose him the following year because, you know, like you said, and this next quarterback is probably just a bridge, if anything. Well, they don't got that other landing area on the other side of the the crevasse did to, to get to the bridge, so uh, or get to the landing. So I. I uh, I'm glad he's hungry. I'm glad he's back. We'll see how it goes. Anybody else out there talk that was uh, interesting? I know Brian O'Neill talked about his rehab and Caleb Evans spoke. He was talking about uh, the new cornerback uh, room that has a lot of new faces and about what he's trying to do for his concussion uh, to try to prevent those from happening. Any, anything else you found out 
interesting out there, Mark. Yeah, well, it was kind of a, a pull the court curtain aside of the uh, of the hospital wing for the Vikings. It was uh, all these guys that are, uh, you know, Brian O'Neill is is a is a captain. He's one of the best right tackles in the league. I don't know that he played his best year last year, but he's still obviously uh, uh, an elite player who's on the rise. You know, he's coming back from the he didn't tear his Achilles all the way, but he injured it pretty badly. And oh. um, so he's supposed to be ready for training camp. He, he, I don't, uh, from what I saw yesterday, he was not, uh, it, it, it's amazing. The NFL, you, these are they're nice people out there. Now they all smile and they pat us on the back and tell us great questions, but yeah, when it's time to, sh- to do anything in practice, they still got us pushed out the door. So uh, the, even on May 3rd, the, the paranoia of the NFL, you know, they were going through some team drills with not the entire team wasn't even there yet. They got us out, you know, so you can't see any of that. But Brian O'Meal was just rehabbing. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I think every time um, Andrew Booth talks to the media, he reveals a new injury. I mean, uh, <laughs> he's got as many injuries as Brett Favre, but Brett Favre played 300 and yeah. some games in a row. Uh, you know, he played the first quarter. He said first quarter of his first game as a starter, which was against the Cowboys, he tore – uh, the meniscus in his knee, uh, you know, and that's been his problem. Um, you know, I, I hope I'm wrong on this guy, and I hope that people who are feel like I do are wrong about this guy because he's only 22 and he very well could go on and, and have fantastic career. But I really think uh, worry that the Vikings, um, you know, they, there's a lot of trust in their person, their medical people, and their their uh, physical train, their trainers, and all this, and they got you know top of the top shelf guys, but you know, did they put too much trust in them being able to keep this guy healthy? Because uh, even when he came into the league, he was like, I haven't been healthy since high school. And I laundry list of injuries that he's had. Um, there's guys like him. It just feels like it's always Irv Smith is kind of another one. It's, you know, I'm not saying they're soft, but it's just something about their makeup, their wiring or whatever. It just happens over and over. So, you know, if that, if that's the case with this guy, that's a huge, that's a big miss, especially last year that draft was filled with cornerbacks from, from the first one at the top sauce Gardner and those guys down to the seventh rounders. And the, uh, Seattle got a fifth rounder. That was a uh, pro bowler. Uh, Kansas city got a seventh rounder. That was a good corner. So that's a big miss. So he, he revealed that. Yeah. Right. And then uh, Evans is another guy. It's uh, I was more impressed. I think most people were more impressed with him as a rookie than booth uh, was actually got to the point where he, you know, he moved ahead of booth because of injuries and he was, showing some really good things. He's a long, got long receipt quarter cornerback. And, uh, but you know, he's in the concussion protocol three times. He said the first one was probably just the team being too cautious. Right. right. Uh, but still he's in that, he's in that protocol. There's probably a lot of guys in that protocol that by uh, the teams being overly conscious or, uh, you know, uh, just being extra safe, which is good. Um, but you know, th- I look at him and I'm thinking, you know, we could be looking at a 22-year-old guy who's one concussion from saying, hey, you know what? Yep. Uh, I, I'm not going to put the six, next, next 60 years of my life at Jeopardy to try and keep playing this game. So he does have – he's trying the new helmet that they – you know, that, that's all that. So hopefully that works out for him. But it was nice – a nice update on those three guys. You know, I, it was interesting to hear Caleb Evans speak. You know, he – he, he talked about how the, the quarterback room's got a lot of new faces. You lost Patrick Peterson. You lost Dantzler. You lost uh, uh, Chadron Sullivan. Uh, you lost a number of people. And he said that uh, he now 
figure uh, considers himself a leader. He looked real anxious to get back at it and get back up there and establish himself. It felt like he did some things last year to show what he could do outside of the c- concussions. So you would really, you know, we know more about him on the field than we certainly do about Andrew Booth. And I would love, you know, I, I think he sees an opportunity for himself, besides the fact that Vikings picked up two uh, defensive backs in the draft, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But anyway, I, I seems like a decent guy. I like his attitude. I, I hope like heck he can, he can avoid that because that, that can, you know, it, it can, and it should knock you out of the league if you keep getting them. Cause you know, that we, with CTE, we know so much more about the effects on this, later on on these players and you want them to have a life you know after they've spent uh, their formative years entertaining you yeah uh yeah i mean uh you know he should be excited about his opportunity i don't know about leader but um you know right now uh, byron murphy is their their right. number one corner yeah he's a he's a 25 year old guy with like 40 some starts uh missed half the season last year with a with a back injury so uh, boy, uh, they, they they better hope that they've assembled something that can, because uh, your your entire season could go down the drain if if they if none of these corners can step up or 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 stay healthy. I mean, if it's if it's a if it, I mean, look, ask uh, ask uh, Leslie Frazier about uh, you know what happens to you when your corner room, cornerback room falls apart. You, know, you, <laughs> you got guys like Marcus Sherrill's, uh yeah. Step and punt returner stepping in a corner to play Drew Brees. They're dragging Benny Sapp off the street to <laughs> try and just come close to covering someone. Wow. So uh, another guy, probably the guy that if he stay if he stays healthy, um, or shows something uh, that Joe Juwan, uh, I think it's Williams, yeah, the guy from 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 the Patriots looks he looks the part. And he looks like a, a big safety, uh, but he's a he's a corner. Uh, you know, that's a guy that's got experience too. So somewhere in there in this mix, I mean, at one, at, right now, at one point, three guys that you mentioned, Sullivan, Dantzler, and Peterson were the top three corners on the right. field. Uh, I don't have a problem with Dantzler being dismissed because, you know, he wasn't good enough. Why keep going down the road? These yeah. guys at least have an opportunity to, to be better than that. Sullivan, the same thing. Peterson, boy, it would have been nice for him to, bring him back uh but i don't know that at his age he fit what they're trying to play plus he probably got more money in pittsburgh and a better you know a, probably a good chance to to win there as well yeah i think they're going to take uh uh they're going to print out a copy from our 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 tele our broadcast and put it on the top of the door to the cornerback room if you can stay healthy so anyway, yeah, it'd be uh, nice. It'd be nice if it'd be a change because uh, typically, even when those guys are durable, they're they're or at some point they have some sort of leg nagging problems. But uh, they need they need those guys because otherwise, everything else they do, uh, the offense won't matter. Uh, if, if the corners are inexperienced, if the corners are young and hurt, uh, not very good, you're in trouble. Too much Can't injury. Hide talk, what? Too much injury talk. Time to take a break. Yes. Right. So let's take a break and uh, come back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. All right, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, uh, the Vikings, surprising to me, not to anybody else, you, you, were, uh, you were on top of the position that they drafted for, and you were one away from the guy that you predicted they were going to take. Uh, you had said they would take uh, Zay Flowers, 
wide receiver, and he went to the the Baltimore Ravens right at 22, right before the Vikings. I thought the Vikings would trade back, and I, I'll say again, I think they tried to trade back because they they ran that thing all the way to the end, and then they got on the phone and said to uh, to Jordan Addison, wide receiver from uh, USC, says, <laughs> "Yeah, we we said we told you if you were here at 23, we would take you." Well, <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess what all ends all is all good that ends well or whatever. But it's like, I, I, yeah, I, to me, uh, I think I think Addison knew what was going on and he kind of pushed back at that a little bit. So they might hear about that. Well, yeah, I think Addison was talking about, you know, all these teams told me they were going to take. There's only one team that takes you. I mean, like the Vikings <laughs> have never told anybody, we're taking you, we're taking you. But, you know, his loyalty to the Vikings because uh, – you know, they took me and they said they would. Well, yeah, you're right. They probably uh, – you'd be stunned if Quasey wasn't working the phones hard to try and get a second-round pick somehow and right. go to the bottom and possibly take a corner at the bottom or or maybe uh, – there was a run on there was a run on receivers that started, you know, three spots ahead of him. It was the, uh, Seattle getting the guy from Ohio State, I thought, you know um, – you know, it, it's, it's hard to make comments on these guys because you don't know what they're going to – but, you know, being at Ohio State and watching every game, and, and I know he was hurt last year, but, you know, that was a guy. Now, if he's a, if he's a 20th pick, uh, um, uh, Marvin Harrison's kid uh, that plays for Ohio State could be, you know, top five because that guy is fantastic. Really? But, you know, I just feel like, you know, that, that you know, getting that guy at 20 was, was pretty darn good for, for Seattle. Seattle does such a good job drafting. You just, I mean, I just, you know, Jalen Carter's going to do our, um, uh, the, the corner that they took when everybody thought Jalen Carter they were going to take, it's going to do well. Uh, but, you know, they, they, there were three receivers go off the board right away. I, whether they wanted Zay Flowers over this guy, I don't know. If they did, if it was that big a difference, they probably would have traded down and taken something else. Um, but, you know, I, I, I sort of like, I like the guy. I, I like, I like the pick. I like the, I like the, uh, you know, people would say, I've heard so many people reach out to me and say, well, you know, they didn't need a receiver. They didn't need a receiver. I, I just don't see it that way. I don't see, you know, uh, when you look, if, you, if you're, if you're doing a, a, a too deep chart and say, you say you only put two receivers there. Uh, yeah. He's probably a back. He starts out as a backup to KJ Osborne, but I mean, that's I, Kevin O'Connell, like a lot of people, obviously a lot of you know, offensive guys. Now they play so much three receiver sets and the, that third receiver, as we saw with KJ Osborne, means so much. To get a guy that can can separate like this Addison, it's gonna not only make the offense better, it makes Kirk better, KJ better, and it makes most importantly, you know, it makes Justin Jefferson harder to defend. So that to me is is a big, big pickup. Uh now I don't I don't sense that he's gonna be Laquan Treadwell, but uh, because when Laquan Treadwell was traded, what were we all talking about? Is he fast enough? And the, the Vikings and Treadwell and everyone would say, well, he hurt his ankle. That's why he didn't appear to be as fast. On the, not only was he not fast at the combine, he wasn't fast at his senior year. Uh, so that was the question coming in. This guy looks like he's, a, he's got the explosion to play, the ability to separate. So I like the pick, but also, you know, they do need corners, and they really had to wait a long time uh, to get one. You know, as far as Laquan was, I had I had one of the people from the Vikings told me back in the day that he just just wasn't tough enough on on uh, 50-50 balls. I think that was part of it. 
part of the thing with Laquan, what Laquan Treadwell that they didn't, they didn't find. And uh, the thing I like about Jordan Addison here is he's fast and he's a good route runner. I mean, he's a good route runner, which is, I think we saw what good route running can do with this quarterback. Uh, Certainly Justin Jefferson and Stefan Diggs are two of the better route runners in the league. And they've they made hay with Kirk throwing to him because Kirk's an accurate thrower. So maybe this guy's got some speed and he can open up things deep. I wonder how it affects uh, KJ Osborne, who's thinking he's number two, you know, because by he gets to move up, maybe it works him hard. But I think KJ is the kind of guy that uh, uh, it's not going to be a good, you know, it's not going to be a problem mentally for him. He's no, no, I mean. I mean, KG Osborne was a fifth round draft pick. KG Osborne, and when he when we had him available a couple of weeks ago, talked about not his dad was his little league coach, and and he was a backup running back for his dad as as a <laughs> you know when he was a kid. So that's kind of where his he's been throughout his his whole life. And he comes in here his first year, he never never saw the field on offense, uh, just kept working and working and working and. You know, being in the right spot at the right time is so critical for um, any quarterback. But I would imagine, you know, it is even more important for Kirk Cousins because Kirk is a pretty precise, you know, mechanical type thinker, I think. And uh, you got to be where you need to be. And then, uh, and what was good about Kirk uh, last year a little bit was he, you know, you don't have that, uh, that great catch in Buffalo that by Justin Jefferson. The, greatest catch in the league this year or last season and maybe in a long long time without Kirk throwing that ball right and uh you know I don't know that Kirk throws that ball if he's not comfortable in the offense because that just wasn't who he was and now he had a career high 14 interceptions last year but I think he played the position uh and led the position better than he has so so yeah but KJ's gonna you know he's gonna get his opportunities um now, KJ can have a great game and only catch two balls for 40 yards, but one of them is a, is a huge third down conversion, and one of them is a game-winning touchdown. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, the numbers, you know, fantasy football doesn't matter in in in, in the NFL. Uh, uh, might matter to the people that are following the NFL too much, but uh, you know, these guys we're all working together is going to make the team better. You know, it's just. They're, they're, so it for me, they're going to be a, a even more of a passing offense than they were. You know, there's they they did take a running back. We'll talk about him later, but which which is surprising. But uh, says to me, if you're going to do that, and you already got Hawkinson in there, you only you know you only got so many balls to go around. Well, and Dalvin Cook might be gone. This is going to be a, a a pass happy offense next year. Am I wrong? Well, it, no, no, it, it is going to be a passing offense, but there is a serious commitment to. Uh, you know they're not going to be. You know they're not going to run the ball like uh, like Zimmer. Bum Phillips with Earl, with Earl Campbell. I mean they're not going to. They're our Zimmer with with Dalvin Cook or or Adrian Peterson. But they understand that uh, by getting a uh, blocking tight end on the first day of free agency, by uh, re-signing Madison, who's more of a powerful runner. Um, you know they they understand that you're, you know, they still have to be able to run the ball and, and to to stay on the field. So. Um, you know, they will pass the ball. They'll be a more of a passing team, but I think everybody is at this point. Uh, but they, there's an understanding that, Hey, you know, we're not going to throw it 50 times a game. We've got to be able to get short yarded situations and find a way to, when you don't have Lamar Jackson to pick up fourth and two, you, you gotta, you gotta have someone else be able to knock some people off the, off the ball. 
Mm-hmm. Um, on to the cornerbacks. Uh, the Vikings, like as you just said, had to wait a long time to get to the third round before they could even uh, uh, get one. And they didn't they trade down to the end of the third round too to to finally pick up that cornerback. They they grabbed uh, they grabbed. I hope I'm saying this right. Makai Blackman from uh, USC at cornerback and uh, LSU safety Jay Ward in the fourth round. Um, they clearly saw the need that everybody else saw that they needed in the cornerback room, even though they did certainly a lot about getting cornerback, you know, defensive backs in during free agency, but they uh, put, put a premium on it and grabbed a couple. So what did you think of those two players? I mean, they just, they needed, uh, hopefully they're more than just bodies, but they needed opportunity. You know, they needed more opportunities at that position because um, you know, when you, when you take the receiver first and you're not getting, um, a day one starter, which you, you know, you would hope would be a guy in the first round. Now, you know, you can find a, a starter like the Seahawks did in the fifth round and he becomes a pro bowler, but um, yeah, they, they, they really had to, to go after it's the last two years have been pretty impressive with the, the amount of corners that have come that have been able to play last year. So, you know, both of them fit, um, you know, Flores is going to be uh they're going to play, still play a three, four, but it's going to, the mentality is going to be so much different than last year when, you know, essentially the head from the head coach to the, to the last fan on earth, we were all screaming, you know, and the people who covered the team screaming, my God, how could you just continue to play so soft, 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 and just, yeah. let, you know, uh, not, you're not pressuring the quarterback enough and you're not, um, you know, just forcing them, them to play to your tempo as opposed to the other way around. Well, now they, you know, these two guys that they picked up are guys that are, that they feel are, you know, better at, you know, man coverage and, uh, uh, and Ward, uh, Jay Ward is a guy that can, you know, kind of can move around a little bit. So versatility is also a thing that besides pressure and uh, being aggressive uh, floor is, is uh, the book on him is also, you know, a little bit of Belichick in him that he can, you know, scheme based on the week not 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 kind of necessarily not just stay the same and tweak things he can kind of make some some drastic changes schematically and uh and lining the guys up so ward is a guy who can play a little deep safety he can play he can play in the uh in the slot you know lot wide as a corner now they say that they can do all these things the big thing is can they can they still do it at the next level because all this stuff sounds great you know what they did in college but then you know, you get in and you're like, oh, okay, you know, that, that's like, uh, that's a, a fourth round draft pick and he's a fourth round draft pick for a reason. So be interesting to see, but at least they got opportunities there, which they had to got it on day two. You, you, you say uh, he's a fourth round draft pick for a reason It you know, I, I just have to say that uh, my frustration following Vikings, why do they, why does this team is always trading down then if, if, you know, they end up with people in, in the third and fourth and fifth, sixth, seventh rounds. I mean, the further you go along, the less quality they have. But, you know, whether it's Rick Spielman or Quasi, uh, they they have a propensity to trade down. I just get frustrated with that. But you don't ask. Well, I don't I don't know. Was he a, was he a pick they traded down? Uh, I, I, you know. God, who I mean, knows? There's, yeah. there's a lot of great. There's also, you know, uh, you know, I'm just saying that he's he, he, – fourth for a reason, but you don't say that about everyone. You know, 
Uh, I'm not saying that about Stephon. I'm not a big fan of Stephon Diggs, the person, but Stephon Diggs, the player, uh, you could, you pretty darn good fifth round draft pick. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, the uh, Neil Hunter, pretty good third round draft pick. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's just, you can't paint the, you know, we all want to, and we strive to do it, but you just can't take a broad brush and paint the NFL, especially the draft. You just can't say, well, you know, they're just all the same. Right. It was every single person that's ever played this game is different than anyone else who's ever played. That's for sure. Uh, well, the Vikings went, hopefully their fifth round pick is, is, is like Stefan better than that. Uh, they, they went defense again with the nose tackle. Hope I say this right. Jacqueline Roy from LSU. Uh, what are your thoughts on him, Mark? And I know that you are, you are looking for just in the weeks talking about this, you're looking for the Vikings to bolster their defensive line, interior defensive line. And, and, and they did. Are you happy with uh, the pick they made to help do that? You know, I, I think one of the, the hardest positions to find, um, you know, quarterback obviously is number one, but somewhere in that very near the top is, is that dominant like interior pass rusher, the guy who looks like a defensive end, but plays like a, uh, but plays tackle the guy that, you know, like um, you know, this is John Randall. Wasn't that he didn't look like a defensive end, but you know, that guy that, that just absolutely destroys the inside. You know, they, they're just they're so hard to find. <clears throat> you know, I think Sharif Floyd had he had he stayed healthy, was could have been that type of guy. You know, um, you know, so you know Jalen Carter. That's what made him so intriguing. And the fact I you know I feel like uh, you know the Eagles are going to hit a home run with that guy because if they get him, if if everything between us is okay and he and he um, wants to be good, I mean he's going to be. You know, we're going to look back and say, oh my gosh. Jalen Carter was the ninth overall pick and the bears traded out of that spot. Uh, that's the potential, how great he can be. So that, that position is so hard to find. Now, you know, they say all those things about Roy. He's a, he's a guy that's big enough to play the run and he can be, you know, he can shoot through the gaps. He's got the quickness and the power to do it. Um, so yeah, it's a good, it's a good swing to take, but you know, that's, you know, it's a lot to ask in the fifth round, especially uh, uh, to do it in his first year, because typically these guys come in uh, offensive linemen more so, but defensive linemen as well, they come in and they just kind of look like newborns, you know, like they just, uh, and their, their bodies transform so much in years two and three. Uh, so I don't know. I've never, I haven't seen the guy in person, uh, but you know, all the things that they're saying to do is, is a huge uh, like under the radar, need for the Vikings is someone on that defensive line inside, you know, Dalvin Tomlinson could do it a little bit. Uh, and that's what some people have compared this guy to as a Dalvin Tomlinson like, mm. uh, but yeah, they need, they need someone to, to really just kind of cause some problems inside. What do you need a Dalvin Tomlinson guy for like guy for they had Dalvin Tomlinson for crying out. Yeah. But uh, my Browns overpaid for him. So uh, <laughs> when, when, you know, Dalvin was all willing. Dalvin was like Dalvin and the Vikings. You remember they, they were going to have to make a decision at the start of the league year. And they both agreed, well, let's do it down the road. And I think the Vikings were thinking they could get him, you know, and fit him under their cap. And then Cleveland came in. And so when Cleveland comes in and you probably, uh, there's probably been too much money spent on him. So they had to back out. They couldn't, couldn't afford him. Money doesn't talk. It swears as Bob Dylan once said, I think that's what he said. Yes. So on that note, I'm quoting Bob Dylan. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back in and talk about those other two 
players the Vikings took that uh, there's certainly plenty to talk about. Come on back to Vikings Territory Breakdown. Okay, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown. Mark, the, the Vikings did the unspeakable. They drafted a, a quarterback. No, it's not It's not the unspeakable, but everybody wanted him. You know, not everybody. Half the people wanted him to trade up and get somebody. That was not going to happen. The quarterbacks all went really early. And, so I th- and then Will Levis sat there for the entire first round. The Vikings could have had him, and uh, or they could have had Hendren Hooker, uh, uh, who went to, to the Lions, as a matter of fact. Um, so – all these, all these pre-draft hoopla, and the Vikings t- instead waited to grab BYU's Jaron Hall in the fifth round. And uh, as you noted to me, shockingly, they were stunned that he was still there. <laughs> yes, they, they, they were. They were. I mean, he was the what the thirteenth quarterback taken, I think, or out of 14. seriously. Wow. Yeah, it was a. You know, day two had like 10 or day three, something like 10. I mean, everybody's now must be looking for the next. Uh, no wonder Kirk is so giddy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, there was like, I think 14 of them were taken. You know, three of them are taken in the first four picks. When when the Colts took Richard Richardson and he was clearly, you know, I don't think he was ever going to fall out of that top right. four, top, you know. Yep. Uh, you know, the Vikings, I think the Vikings were prepared to, to take future number ones, at least one number one. Uh, and go and get him if he would have fallen to that 11, 12 area there. Um, but I, you know, I, I like that. Um, they, obviously, they and and most every other team didn't believe in Will Levis enough to make him a first round draft pick. So, like, if you don't believe in the guy, don't take. Uh, and uh, Hooker uh, went third round, maybe. I think so. Uh, yeah. Third uh, to to the to the Lions. So you know they didn't like him as as a guy as a guy. So don't have a f- problem with that uh, if you don't believe in the guy. Um, this this is a you know I I don't know I don't know what else would have been on there, but we'd love to see what's on their board. Um, smartly they don't show anybody the board because then they just have it beaten over their head for the rest of their lives. Right. Um, but you know you look at that and you think okay what else what you know a fifth round a fifth round quarterback I I guess I don't have a problem with that because you you know you got a guy. You have, you have the quarterback. I mean, you have the coach, the play caller, the offensive mind to uh, to work with him. And you know, hey, guy becomes a you know the guy can become a backup eventually, and uh, who knows, be a spot starter. That's great. You know, I, I I feel better about a pick like that than I do like Rick Spielman forcing Kellen Mond on a defensive coach who knows that his. His neck is in the guillotine. Well, both their necks, as it turned out, is in the guillotine, waiting for it to be chopped off. And you take right. a developmental quarterback who, uh, like, uh, I was going to say what Zim said, but I probably shouldn't. Um, but I think everyone could see, you know, that this guy had his limitations when it came to the speed of the NFL. Right. Um, so yeah, this back. I don't know. I don't know this guy from anybody, but I'm saying that. There's probably a little more trust that they can have something to work with there. And, uh, you know, having a backup quarterback and grooming a guy to become your backup is not a bad thing. Yeah. I don't, well, I don't like, see him becoming anything more than that. But but who knows? I mean, honestly, who, who the heck knows? He's 25 years old. Uh, he took two years off for, out of football to go on a, uh, a mission for the Latter-day Saints, um, uh, which would make people that are – not enamored with 
religious affiliations towards their quarterbacks, like some are. And anyway, um, he uh, that's none of their none of their business, isn't it? Uh, yes, oh, wait, that's can, right. Can I say that? Yeah, you should. Yeah. Uh, there's he's undersized. Uh, doesn't have a yeah. totally strong arm, but he supposedly is uh, he's quick on his feet and he scored a number of uh, rushing touchdowns and he is he sees the game well is is by, by the sounds of it uh i don't know how accurate he is but uh there is some video out there that he's making some throws that you might have to make in the nfl um but you know he's i think he's not quite i think he's 5'11 which he is you know it's going to be tough in this league i mean he unless you're someone like drew Brees, but uh what do you think of him physically yeah. and all like that? You know, Br Bryce Young's 5'10", so I, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, no, <laughs> big difference between the two of them. Hmm. I mean, I know what everyone – I mean, I know, I know what everyone's said about him. I mean, uh, you know, writing a, a quick, you know, thing for the website, you, know, you kind of like you – know, obviously, you look at their bio, and like I think at NFL.com, the first words were undersized with a weak arm or something. Or, or not it. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Harsh terminology like that anymore. It might might would have been less than ideal strength for the NFL arm, or, uh, <laughs> some, something like something flowery like that. That's still still basically the like the old days. Can't throw the damn ball. Uh, but but no, his accuracy is supposed to be you know strength. Uh, you know, but uh, one thing that jumped out at me with like a lot of the yeah, everything to do with the Vikings is uh, he had uh, concussions one year. Uh, he right. had missed missed a year with a hip injury. Uh, so I think he's only been a one-year starter. Um, but, you know, you can also look at, like, I'm not saying that this is all because of the 49ers and Brock Purdy. and But look where the, where the 49ers were. But the 49ers roster was set up to go to the Super Bowl. And, you know, they weathered, you know, losing their starting quarterback. They weathered losing their number two quarterback. <laughs> and then uh, when they've lost their rookie, you know, you know, Brock Purdy might have been able to get him to the Super Bowl as a as a rookie seventh round draft pick, but he got hurt and then they didn't have anything. So I think teams are saying, you know, we've got to make sure we have guys that we can turn to and at least function. Uh, so you know, you get past, um, say, say Kirk does get hurt and you got Nick Mullins, and then you know you don't want to just have uh, Justin Jefferson running. I mean, Adam Thielen's gone, so I think he was their emergency quarterback. So then yeah. you need some. I'm just saying that they you you've got to look at that depth and, and be churning that and, and kind of developing guys as you go along. Uh, fifth round, I, I guess I don't have as big a problem with it because I'm trying to think. You know, or I'm sorry, yeah, fifth round. Uh, uh, where was it? Fifth round. Yes. Yes. So that's you know that's a you know that don't have a problem with that. I have a hard time thinking that they would have like blown a pick. To take him now, ten years from now, there might be a Hall of Famer that with one spot behind him. Albert. Why didn't they take this guy? You know, but oh, for God. right now, what what we know right now, I don't have a problem with them taking a taking a guy to develop because they have the people to, to develop it. So, so then they'll they'll have Kirk, and then they'll keep Nick Mullins because uh, Kirk put in a word for him in his in his thing today in his presser yesterday, and uh, uh, probably. Uh, Jaron Hall develops a little bit on the uh, practice squad, and then you know maybe they they start moving him up when uh, while he's under a rookie contract. And Nick Mullins, if he shows that he can do it, and they don't need Nick Mullins, is that is that how you see it happening? Or or 
off base there. Well, I mean, uh, who knows? I mean, they, what do you get to predict here, Mark? We get to, we get well, to... <laughs> well, I mean, uh, Kirk Cousins being whether he's here next year or not is uh, kind of probably a bigger question to answer first. Yes, that's true. Uh, but yeah, let's see if I'm putting the putting the projected or the probable ceiling on this guy. I'm, you know, he's a backup to whoever Kirk's um, QB in the future. Six, yeah, whoever the the top quarterbacks are in uh, next year or the year after. There you go. And sixth pick or sixth and final sixth round and the final pick for the the Vikings at pick two twenty two was running back UAB running back Dwayne McBride. Uh, this one surprised me because well it did it didn't it didn't because we all know that Dalvin yeah. Cook is probably history but. You still got three other, you know, you got Mackenzie Alexander that uh, just, uh, is that the guy? McAllister. What what the heck is the backup running back for the Vikings? Yeah, you, I think we go through this every time. You should put I it do. on your wall. I Alexander do. Madison. Alexander God. Madison. Just terrible, Jill. And they got him. They just gave him $7 million. And they got uh, uh, the, the, the Ty Chandler, who they drafted last year. And then they got uh, Kanae Nuangu, who they drafted the year before. And do those guys are not part of the future ultimately? And they're looking to upgrade and see if someone jumps up? Because I, I thought we we're all just kind of waiting. Ty Chandler got hurt last year, but we we're all just kind of waiting to see what we get from those guys. And it's just, you know, special teams and or, or injured on the bench, which is what happens to so many Vikings. So I was surprised by this. What did your thought – what was your thoughts? A long way of saying, what did you think about this pick, Mark? My thoughts were this was the only pick where they said we are genuinely taking the best player on our board <laughs> and that this guy was was the best player on the board, probably by far on their board. I mean, who knows if it's the right board? Yeah. Uh, but that, that's, that, that would be my you – know, they got to the point in the seventh round where they're like, you know, who's our best – who's the absolute best player that's available? I, yeah. I know they all talk about that, but they probably rarely do it. Uh, because yeah, you're, you know, you, you mentioned, I mean, Madison's obviously going to be, uh, I, I, I don't think Kirk, I don't think Cook is going to be here. So Madison's your starter. You got Nwangu. I would be, I like, I'd like to see when I look at some of those kick returns, I'm like, I'd like to see more of that in the backfield. Uh, in practice, when you watch practice, it's like, I, I can see him being a, you know, productive back. And then Chandler was, a uh, you know, he looked pretty good. Yeah, one thing about running backs, they come in, they they can all look good. I mean, you can have undrafted guys come in and go, wow, that guy's got a little little move to him. So they're probably the easiest position to find and be happy with. Um, yeah, this guy's certainly not asked good. to do. Oh, yeah, he's productive. I mean, it, you know, 1,700-yard rushing season, and it's like averaging seven yards a carry. Uh, so I, that's what I'm saying. My, feel, my feeling is they their, their board was like, you know, here here is this guy, and then everyone else was kind of like, "Yeah, yeah." So they just said, "You know what? We got running backs, but we're taking this guy." That's yeah. that's kind of how I saw it. They picked up a number of uh, uh, undrafted free agents. I don't know if there's anybody there that's going to stick. There's one guy that uh, decided to take a, uh, put zero out for his. Uh, I think he was a a defensive lineman, and it's going to wear the wear number zero next year. There you uh, go, Ivan, somebody or other, and. And I, I, I didn't. 
Someone say that's that's going to be great if he shows up, or he's an edge rusher, and if if he ends up with zero sacks, you know, that's going to be ripe for that kind of thing. But, uh, um, so yeah, this guy apparently breaks a lot of tackles, of McBride, and, and uh, uh, definitely a different style than I would think you'd see in Ty Chandler and Nwangu. Um, So I, I kind of like that, but but I just don't know if there's room for all those guys that uh, I still hate saying goodbye to Dalvin cook, but that's going to happen. I, you, you sent me a, a, a note that, you know, the Vikings or, or people watching the Vikings keep saying how Darius and, and is it Darius Smith and Dalvin need to be gone? Jeff diamond talked to you about that. Can, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I don't think Jeff would mind, uh, you know, Jeff, Jeff's such a great guy. I play golf with him and, I did take five dollars off him, so I, I'm on. I'm on Jeff Diamond's uh, salary cap. You know, I I, fuck, nice. I account for I counted for five bucks last year because I, I I spanked him pretty good. I, although I I you know I out negotiated a, a brilliant NFL negotiator. I used to know he's negotiated contracts in the NFL, and I I got him to start out by giving me like six strokes or something. And that's then not our, negotiation. That's sandbagging. Yeah. Anyway. No. Well. So. Well, we had played the year before together. So what I did is, and what we do is, if you if you win, you it goes down to five. You win and just or it goes up. So we just kind of we adjust as we go. So um, yeah, by the end of the year, I think we were even, or I was up a couple or whatever. So uh, that's number one. But number two, you know, he he's uh, even though you know he's not a GM anymore, but he stays stays in touch through the mediums. Doing, I think he's still doing. Is he still still doing thing for Vikings territory? I think so. I know he started. Yeah. Um, so I, and a long story short, uh, just, I, I asked him, I'm like, you know what? Yeah. I don't understand how we keep, you know, we just keep talking about, it. you know, they're going to get rid of cook. They're going to get rid of Smith. They're going to, um, for cap reasons. And my thing was, and I mean, some of the stuff I, I kind of knew in general, but I uh, just usually things get done before you have to get under the cap to start. So I was like, well, you know, they've made it this far with them. Uh, why not just keep going? Well, he, you know, he, he pointed out that they, they're, they're basically less than $2 million under the cap. And you got to have like four, about $4 million to sign your rookie class. Like um, Addison will probably be count like two, six, two, seven uh, against the cap. And then right now you just uh, teams just have the top 51 have to be under the cap. Yeah. When you get to the right, when you get to your final roster, everybody has, everybody that has to be under the cap, your, your top 53, uh, your, I assume your practice squad and anybody, all, all your injured reserve guys have all got to fit under the salary cap. You know, in reality, the Vikings are 2 million under, but they probably need to, to free up another eight, $10 million. So, in season injuries, signing. So just, just to kind of get to where you can start a season, I think it's pretty safe to say is Darius Smith. I mean, they're probably holding out hope to trade him or whatever and get, you know, whatever, but you know, I, I don't I don't see him in any way, shape, or form being on the team because they can get rid of him and save, I think, seven million dollars. Yep. Um, where the cook gets, you know, for me with cook, it's like I would be if I'm them, I'd be wrestling with dead money versus the big money plus having him on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, neither one of them, of course, are you know participating out at the uh, in the offseason program. At least they weren't yesterday. Neither was Justin Jefferson, but. Um, it's a little too early to be sounding the alarms on that, but, uh, just so to me, it's like, I, I, they probably both are gone you know, just because of 
the reality of the financials and also the fact that they've really done a lot to, I don't think they've signed Madison if they think Cook's coming back. So I think they've, they've made it pretty well known that they are going to be on the team. So, uh, you know, so that, that's why, you know, we keep saying that it looks like they're going to be gone, even though we were pretty far into this uh, building of the team with them still on the roster. And nobody, nobody was going to ever trade for him because they know that's exactly what the Vikings have to do. You're not going to find a willing trade partner to, you know, when they can just go pick him up after they get cut. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, I mean, there a few few years back, uh, Brock Brock Osweiler, you know, one of the, the strangest trades, and I'm surprised you don't see it more often. Uh, the the Broncos traded to Cleveland, of course, Cleveland. Uh, uh, Brock Osweiler just to, just to get their his his money off their boards every every bit of their money off the board, and but they also sent second rounder maybe something like that. So they traded the player and they gave a pick for the team to take him. Uh, so I mean, that, that, if you're an NFL player, it'd be like that. That'd be, I guess, uh, as long as they're paying you what they're paying them, I, I wouldn't be too embarrassed. But it'd be like, so I, someone had to pay the team a draft pick to take me, you know. And my salary, so so maybe that yeah, you know, like it could be a situation like that where the Vikings get all kinds of saving if they trade and give them a draft pick. I got traded go when I was in Babe Ruth, Mark. I, I know what that's like. It's harsh feeling. Wow. So we the parents all got to the parent the dads got together and said, "Who you got? Yeah, you got well, Oberly. Not a one Oberly. I got drafted and went to one practice, and my this other team asked my dad to come and help him coach the team, and so then they. Traded me to that team for I could play with my dad. I guess was it so. was it conditional based on how you how many times you struck out or whatever. Oh wow! I knew I shouldn't have brought it up. It was- I used to. I I I've tweeted this a couple of times. You know, like not basically. I don't watch a lot of baseball anymore. But when I watch a baseball game, it's sort of like watching softball, like like men's softball. It's either a strike. Well, they don't strike out in men's softball, but either a home run or a strikeout. Home run or a strikeout. That's like, I mean. Major League Baseball players strike out so much. I said, I was ahead of my time. I was striking out every time at bat four times a game back in the 70s, long before these major leaguers were striking out four times a game. You didn't, you didn't ask the right question about the major compensation they had to give up to trade for me. I was holding, you know, I mean, that, there was, forget it. Anyway, I, I well, got I assume. I assume eight-year-old Joe Oberly didn't need a case of beer to. Uh, this to was Babe Ruth. I was hardly uh, oh. uh, <laughs> eight years old. I was oh, okay. Yes, it was so, after well, Little League, and then the next step up to, to Babe Ruth. So yeah, but okay. Probably, so if you're if you're thirteen, fourteen, you probably yeah. If you're thirteen, fourteen, you probably did need some beers to go. Absolutely. Um, you know, you, you were squawking earlier about how the draft and uh, everybody gets an A and a B, you know, and a C and nobody worse, you know. So I guess I want to ask you real quick two things. A, what would you, what grade did you give the Vikings draft? And B, what grade did you get your first round draft? How did you do? Real quickly. I oh, know. yeah, right. Well, my, my pick, well, actually, by, by my standards, I'm probably an A because I think I got five right now. I'm counting five. Some some people might say four and a half because uh, one of the guys going to the Eagles at number um, thirty. I had him going to the Eagles at number ten. So I'm I'm counting that as a win. I don't care what you say. Uh, so yeah, five, 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 five right. 
You count Bryce yeah. Young? Well, I got that one right. Well, well, I, well I tell you what, there, uh, there's been a, a run of years where I haven't got the number one pick right. Last year, it was, you know, they should have taken Addison uh, number one, but they took uh, the other guy, Jacksonville took the other pass rusher. Mm-hmm. So that one was wrong. Um, so, yeah, to me, it's and, – and it, I'm always amazed because uh, the memories are so short. People, people want to be entertained by mock drafts, and we all click on them. But I just – I'm crazy that uh, – it, it baffles me that we keep doing it because – if you look at that draft and how it unfolded and everything, and especially leading up to it, I mean, I, I tweeted, I joked that if this thing, if this draft's not held, Will Levis is going to go in the hall of fame uh, without playing a game. And <laughs> CJ Stroud is going to go in the seventh round, you know, or go CJ Stroud is going to go to the XFL because it was just this massive rush. Of, I'm hearing that C- Will Levis is going to go number two overall. Uh, and and C.J. Stroud is tumbling. C.J. Stroud is so dumb, he won't even be able to find the draft. You know, things like you know, just this stuff that's just just there's no there's no truth to it. So yeah. I would say uh, you know all draft picks get uh, uh, a D or maybe a D minus uh, just because there's none of them are right. Uh, as far as the Vikings, I probably do a cop out. You know, like you know, whenever people ask how they're going to do, I say eight, I used to say eight and eight. Now I say eight, eight, and one. I might switch it to like seven, seven, and three, something like that, because it's that puts you right, kind of like better chance of getting right. So uh, I don't know. I, I saw where they've gotten A's for their draft. Their draft. I, really? I, don't, I don't know. Of course, you know, every, every, the ones I read at least were just glowing for everybody, and I don't understand it. They're but, A's. That's what you think they should have done. I was going to say a, a C. I don't know. C, C, C plus. I, you know. I think they did all right because they got some of the they got players in the positions I thought they needed to. I would have liked to have seen an offensive lineman or a guard somewhere, but you know, we'll find. Well, I just don't think I don't think they had the, they had the numbers. That's nope. where um, I, I just I mean, Matt Addison could be a great pick. Addison could be a big whip, big miss because as soon as Addison was taken, the Giants come in and say, you know, hey, hey I'll, we'll take that that fifth best corner, whereas right. the Vikings said, well, hey, we'll take that fifth best. Or fifth, I shouldn't say best, but I don't know. There's a fourth. They took the fourth corner off the board, whereas the Vikings took the fourth receiver off the board. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't think that they, you know, like last year, the, my main takeaway was they, they just did not get enough to trade 20 spots down. This, so I, I was more like last year saying, I think that they did not have a good draft. Whereas this one, I'm like, hey, you know, it's, it's incomplete. I got to see them, got to see the players perform. Well, with all the injuries the Vikings had last year, they had, did have ten players. You know, they got what they got Evans and and uh, Booth and Seen, who were all injured last year. So add those in with, you know, and Hawkinson. They got ten p- new players this year, so it's going to be good. With right. That, I mean the uh, the yeah the, the clock is ticking on Quasi's you know, last year's draft has got to come through, and I I think it's got to come through this year because we can't be sitting here next year going. Hey, that 2022 class, if we can just get them healthy. No, this it's either now or never on that. You're right, you're right about that. Uh, with that, we'll uh, let it go for this week. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in and checking us out. Thanks, Mark Craig. Thanks, Mike Walden, behind the scenes producing it. And thanks, Joe Johnson, for putting us here. We, we'll be back next week with some more chatter on what's, what's happening out at TCO. And hope you'll be back to check us out. So, Thanks again, and until then, skull. Skull.